Dudes watch Disney podcast. We watch films and have a blast. Rank them all from first to last. It's our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of the Dudes Watch Disney podcast. We are the dudes that watch Disney. I'm Jake. And I'm Dustin. And we are going to be talking about the very first Disney animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I keep wanting to say dwarves like a a Tolkien dwarf, but uh, that is not how Walt himself decided to pluralize the word dwarf. But uh, yeah, very first one, that's what we're talking about here today. Snow White, a little bit of history about the film. It was, as you may or may not already know, the very first uh, feature-length animated film uh, ever created. And that was a big deal. It came out in 1937 and like adjusted for inflation, it is one of the top 10 uh, highest grossing films of all time. So people were all about Snow White when it came out. Uh, looking back at Wikipedia, that actual list, and uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens is what's next on that list after Snow White, so it barely nearly passed it. So. That's the size that Snow White was for frame of reference, everybody. It made that much money in its time. But yes, uh, based on the German fairy tale of the same name by the Brothers Grimm, I don't know if you're familiar at all with that fairy tale or any of their collections. I I do know that one thing uh, that Disney movies uh, have done compared to the source material in each one (laughs) is they're often uh, cleaned up, sanitized. I don't know what weird ass things happened in the in the Grim Snow White. No, like, I can only. I know, imagine. like in Cinderella, like the stepsisters like try to like cut off parts of their feet to make their foot fit in the in the shoe and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Childhood memories of Snow White. Uh, I remember owning this film, but don't particularly remember watching it very often. I don't know if this was a thing for you at all, but in my mind, growing up, that had a very clear like division between. Uh, what were supposed to be boy movies and what were supposed to be girl movies. And it's like Happy Meal said, I guess so. And I don't know where I got this. Like, I don't think anyone was influencing these decisions on me. But it wasn't on me because for the majority of my childhood, my favorite Disney movie was Cinderella. Like, yeah. So obviously I didn't. See, I would have never sat down and watched Cinderella because I was like, no, this it's for girls. I got to watch the boy movie. Right. And that lasted like, a long time for me. Overly macho Disney movie, like even the Jungle Book. Like it's not like it's a little kid, right? Like he's not like uh, yeah, but it was about a boy and about an adventure. It wasn't about princes and fairy tales. Okay, that's true. He totally pusses out at the end when he meets that girl, though, right? <laughs> he does, and I usually Spoilers. turn the movie off by that point as a kid. Anyway, so uh, yeah, they did a, uh, a re-release of the movie. They they took it out of the vault, put it on you know VHS, or re-released it on VHS in the big clamshell thing. Uh, in the mm-hmm. early 90s, and that's when we got our copy when I saw it. I think they even re-released it theatrically. I'm not sure, but I think so. Uh, Wikipedia said it got released several times in theaters. I didn't know yeah, I think what so. years. I think but... they did, because I think that's where I saw it first. Uh, mm-hmm. Not in its first run, obviously. Uh, not 100 years old. Right. I'm 30. Uh, <laughs> so, so I do remember seeing it on the big screen at some point, though, so I guess I, I must have been. But, uh, yeah, one thing... Uh, I thought about as we rewatch these when we rewatched them in 2009, but also as we watched them this time, a lot of times uh, first attempts at things 
are remembered because they're landmarks and like because it is the first time we did something. It's like the right. first of the animated feature movies here, or like think about someone's debut album or whatever. Not always remembered because they're still good. Right. Usually you get glimpses of things that are going to be good later, like with a, with a band or whatever. Like you see like an attitude or like a certain sound that's like, wow, in a couple of years they're going to be something. Or like if they hang on to that, then maybe. So like same thing here. I was, right. you know, thinking like, well, this is the first one. I don't know if it'd be very good. This one uh, I think will be towards the top of my list as we continue on uh, throughout the throughout the podcast because I feel like it's well done. I don't feel like it feels like, well, we don't really know what we're doing yet. Like, it seems like they have a plan. Did you watch it often growing up or is it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember, uh, you know, not really watching it often, you know, as a small child. And then around the time I was maybe 12, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there, uh, this tape just ended up at, uh, my grandma's house and I don't know that maybe this is the sort of thing that resonates with listeners out there maybe it's just me but like grandma's house movies were always a thing like because it's not a thing for kids anymore like, probably not they, well they just watch it on their iPhone or whatever Netflix yeah. yeah but uh growing up you know you get stuck at your grandparents house sometimes for uh, like a whole weekend if you're listening Nana I never felt stuck at, our, <laughs> at your house I was glad to be there Jake felt stuck I'm sure yeah. Nana doesn't know what a podcast is no but to be clear Right, I, I didn't feel stuck. But uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're stuck there, and sometimes you don't have all your toys with you, all your movies, all your games. So it just becomes like it's a certain group of tapes that just sort of live over there, and you're gonna have to, that. I mean, that's those are the ones you watch because you don't have anything else to do. So I know uh, at my nana's house, uh, there was uh, there was Snow White was over there. There was a couple of Winnie the Pooh tapes. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the Ninja Turtles episode with the gravity boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that one an awful lot. And there was Rescuers Down Under and Mickey and the Beanstalk. And uh, other side of the family, other grandparents, there was a much smaller selection that was like Little Rascals and Bambi. <laughs> and we watched Bambi a lot over there. I watched way more Little Rascals because I did not want to watch Bambi. Right. And our paternal <laughs> grandfather's a big deer hunter, which led to like him like rooting for the hunters the movie, <laughs> like which like was very traumatic for like six-year-old Dustin like no like, he's the bad guy like, like he killed baby's mom yeah, like, he had deer heads on the wall and right, stuff too yeah, so, that's, so it was, <laughs> let's watch Bambi because oh yeah then they definitely played that like look what Papa did to Bambi's mom like oh yeah, I remember that I messed up yeah but uh yeah when I got to my later childhood years, though, at my grandparents, I guess I became okay with it, the film's supposed girliness. Uh, I definitely remember justifying to myself as a kid that, like, no, it's okay to watch this movie. Uh, it's a girly movie, but there's, like, the dwarves are really funny, and Dopey is okay. Like, Dopey was my favorite as a kid. I don't know if you had a favorite uh, dwarf. I think I like Doc, or even now I like Doc. Uh, now Dopey is not my favorite. I got new favorites after watching it for this podcast. But but uh, I mean, like, there's more to it. Like I don't. I mean, yeah, it's about a princess and love at first sight and all those sorts of things. But I don't feel like it's overly girly necessarily. No. I think it was just there was a princess on the cover was all it took for me to not want to watch it as a kid. And I think uh, humor. Uh, some Disney movies are funny, but this one uh, definitely is funny. Like, but when you get into later ones, I, I don't know. Pinocchio is really that funny or it's Cinderella. I mean, I guess Gus Gus is cute in Cinderella. I don't know. And now the more recent ones, they're, they're very funny. Uh, some of them are at least, but, uh, or like Meet the Robinsons, I think is really funny. Um, Emperor's New Groove, we talked about being really funny, but I remember, uh, kind of being scared of, uh, and we'll probably talk about this later in the movie, but like 
of the scene where the the evil queen shows up while she's in her disguise, like just kind of in the window. Mm-hmm. Um, that got to me at age twenty five. I don't remember it from a kid, but just while we're on the topic, any other Disney movies that really scared you as a kid? Because the one we're reviewing after Snow White that got me as a kid. Right, I know that it did. I. Because I remember not being allowed to watch Pinocchio because it scared you. These are like hashtag older brother problems that right. happen. Like, can't Sorry. do anything you want because the little one is scared. But yeah, well, I always had to be fucking Luigi in Mario Bros. So there's younger brother problems too. Shame because now I love Luigi. Like I'd much better be Luigi. But it, that's another. That's a separate issue. Um, no, I don't remember being that scared of anything uh, Disney related. I was talking uh, with my wife about this the other day, like, uh, definitely didn't think Mufasa dying was a big deal. I'm like, the one person who was like, yeah, whatever, people die, like, it's a thing. You like, might have been, like, what, eight or nine? nine I think I'm like, what, 94, 94, I think. Four, so yeah, uh, eight, eight, probably eight when it came out, and like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, obviously. big deal, he's dead. <laughs> I didn't think it wasn't a big deal, but like, I remember being like, there were like, news stories, of like, has Disney gone too far? Like, is this too much for kids? And it's just like, I mean, People die. Like, it's a thing. Like, I mean, I was sad, but not like it was the worst thing that ever happened and, like, couldn't deal with it. Maybe I'm a turd. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think part of that was probably just, as you were a child, you probably watched the whole film and got the whole story, whereas kid or parents watching were just like, oh my god, how could they do that without taking, like, you know, kids can take things like that before... Yeah. Right, I mean, one of the things we're going to see throughout these movies is uh, death happens. Uh, it's usually, a Disney death. A lot of it's off screen, you know, before, yeah. like, in this one, you know, I'm sure Snow White has actual parents, but they don't actually... Never uh, mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> appear anywhere in the story. Right. Uh, speaking of the intro, which I guess we should... Yeah, let's might as well jump into the film here. Uh, what do you think about that? Just a long text intro? Yeah, like the Star Wars kind of opening kind of, of the, the story. Um, uh, well, the film begins with a shot of the book, uh, Snow White, uh, based on, you know, fairy tales and everything. Uh, I always like, there's a lot of Disney films, especially the older ones that went with that intro of like, here's the story, and open it up and start telling it. Uh, I also always like Winnie the Pooh, and right. that's always but a thing. Usually that. with those, there's a voiceover that goes with it. Right. Like, this one does not have that. Right. And I think I that's think definitely a sign of times. Uh, yeah, but also a sign of, like, people say these are kids' movies, but a substantial portion of kids wouldn't be able to read those, right? Like, true. so, another... That's probably something that opening Disney film meant to be for everybody, not just for kids. So, also, I, mean, that's, I think that's a move they wouldn't have pulled 30 years later, like... Also, as someone who is a, a high school teacher, like, if they remade this movie now, they'd have to double the time that the words were on the screen, because people can't <laughs> read at all anymore, like... Haven't timed things like yeah, that. Yeah, it would be much, it would be twice as long as people be mad in the theater. Like, how are we supposed to read that? Like, <laughs> I did always find the Star Wars uh, scrolls to go, uh, like, incredibly slow. It's like, step it up, guys. I already read all this. You know, and we didn't have the letterbox editions uh, as, as we were growing up. Uh, which I know sounds like a total like first one. We <laughs> have the letter, so like you couldn't actually read it until it got a significant That's portion of the screen. Game, like you're only getting as much, right? So it had to make it to the top of the screen before you could see it, and then it was almost gone. Like, right. But as we mentioned, the film opens up with the book. We get a brief little rundown setting the scene for us. Uh, I don't really have a problem with that, uh, especially because one, the time it came out, and two, like it's a fairy tale. Like I assume most people were somewhat familiar with it, and for those who aren't, it's like this is the world we're in. 
here we go. Also, it's not really important what happened to Snow White's parents. Like, we don't need to right. know how they died or that yeah. maybe that the that the wicked queen was behind it the whole time. Like, we don't we don't need that. Like, the point is, I'm sure I they made Snow White, Snow White, and the Huntsman. I was going to say whenever they make a live action Snow White, they're already doing that. But I uh, assume since I haven't watched that that they reveal that uh, I'm sure it was the evil queen is somehow behind her death, but. You know, you don't need that. Like you can just say, "Yeah, that's her wicked yeah. stepmother." Like, and people go, "Oh, okay," because that's the that's right. the archetype, that's the trope. That's and people know. Oh, wicked stepmother, got it. Mom. And the whole beginning of this film, like, it, it all moves very quickly, like that. The opening text basically shows us that the wicked queen has uh, a plan, and so like she's always consulting her magic mirror and wanting to be the fairest in the land. And then the very next scene is her finding out she's not the fairest in the land. So it's like, here's her plan. Her plan didn't work. Now, boom, here's our conflict. But like, right away, no time. Yeah, right away, right after the, the introduction, you get to see magic right away where she's consulting that mirror. You mm-hmm. get this, this cool feel of, like, it feels evil. Like, she doesn't necessarily do anything evil there. She's just asking right. her mirror who's the prettiest in the world, like, which I imagine all women do in their spare <laughs> time. Uh, um, sure. But, you know, but it feels, like, evil and scary, even though she doesn't look evil and scary at this point. Um, right. And I think a lot of that comes down to the animation, uh, just noticing in the beginning here. Uh, the animation on the face in the mirror, like, uh, it's obviously uh, very inspired by, like, the comedy and tragedy masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just sort of looks like a very unnerving face. And uh, I also noticed just some, like, anytime there's, not just the queen, anytime there's a full body moment movement uh, in the film, particularly with the queen in the opening here, though, uh, it looks very rotoscoped. I don't know a whole lot about animation or, like, what would have been done at the time, but I'm anytime I see that, that's the kind of, like, uh, Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings thing, where it's, like, the uh, the ring rates or whatever are just people that got drawn over and they look really weird in that movie. That's basically anytime I see that in a film, that's what me what makes me think of. Also, sometimes the the simplicity of it uh, makes it better. Like I feel like if they tried to make uh, this movie now, they would draw the, the the mask in the mirror and they would try to make it look as scary and creepy as possible, right. and it would be less scary and creepy than this very simple, right, plain. And also, you'll notice the the sets the backgrounds don't change like it's that frame stays the same the mask yeah, moves, stays that, that stays, way for a good minute of just yeah which you don't they don't do it in movies at all anymore now like there's constant camera changes the whole time audiences don't have attention spans that can handle that or at least that seems to be what directors think at least right but uh, they hold that shot or i guess it's not a shot if it's a drawing it's but a frame i guess hold, right that image uh stays there and i think it makes it effective I think uh, in a lot of ways, this sort of feels like watching a cartoon play. Yeah, like, I'd say so. Especially, this is coming up later, but like when Snow White uh, runs away, like she's kind of running and like the set's just kind of spinning behind her or whatever. Yeah. A lot like you would do in a play, like yeah. to show that she's going from place to place. Um, Which I think that's probably the only way you would have. That, I mean, I'm sure there were productions of Snow White and other fairy tales like that at the time, so that's probably... Right, I mean, in movies have been a while for a little bit in, by the 30s, but people might be equally as equally familiar with, if not more familiar with, uh, with drama, with, with plays, than right. with movies at this point. So that might be, you know, I'm going to see this story, like, that's how I expect to see it. I don't know. Right. But, so we meet the queen, and we get to just boom, 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 we get to see... Her motivation, what her plan is, um, she basically wants to take Snow White out for being prettier than her, and then 
you know, we're introduced to the concept Snow White, right? Next scene, we get to meet Snow White. She's singing, uh, dressed in rags, just like the uh, magic mirror said. She's singing. She has a life that you wouldn't think you would be happy with. She seems happy with hers. We can tell she's happy because she's singing. You don't have to, like, show her, like, giggling and stuff. Although, you know, we can tell she's happy. And as she's getting her water from the well... Prince just randomly happens by, yeah, scares Prince, like what should be terrifying. Prince is a little bit pervy here in the opening. Uh, also, side note, I really hate Snow White's singing voice. Like, I don't know if that's the times changing and values changing since the 30s, but it is quite shrill in my opinion. Right. I mean, it's meant to be sort of operatic, I think. Right. Uh, but she's getting well, she's singing a song about being happy and in love and things like that or wanting to be in love. I didn't pay attention to this song. I'm sure as a child I was fast-forwarding through this song every time. She is, uh, from consulting the IMDb page on this, uh, Snow White is supposed to be the the youngest of the Disney princesses. Uh, I think she's supposed to be like 13, 14 years old. I never um, got that from this I film. I that either, but that's what the trivia page on, Don't get mad at me. That's what the IMDb <laughs> trivia page said. So... Yeah, but the prince who just so happened to be listening outside her wall, I guess, hops the fence and uh, joins her at the well, joins her in song, and understandably, this startles Snow White quite a bit. She sort of panics and runs inside while the prince keeps trying to serenade her. It seems that... uh, Playing hard to get. Right. Yeah, she get he catches her fancy doing this. She watches from inside and I guess falls in love right then because we don't see the prince again for like 90 minutes, but... Uh, Snow White still seems to have her heart set on him throughout the whole film. I don't know. True love. It's exactly the sort of trope that, like, the last 20 years of filmmaking and storytelling have been parodying or trying to subvert. But basically, Princess Prince, it's a fairy tale. Yeah, deal with it. Right, I mean, it's supposed to be... The early Disney movies, uh, really all of them, through the late 90s, I would say, the early 2000s, they're not, uh, you're supposed to take them for what they are. Like, there's no irony built into them. Like, mm-hmm. this is a fairy tale. You're going to see fairy tale things. And they're not trying to be realistic. They're not yeah, trying it's to be not, like, enchanted or, like, Shrek as well. Right. We're, not, we're not playing on the trope. Like, right. we're just... Because it's not a trope yet. It's just... Well, I mean, fairy tales. Oh, well, okay. But it's not a trope in film yet. Right. In no, the 30s. But, like, we're just... This is the story. Like, we don't need to be ironic and be like, we're smarter than these characters, or that's kind of dumb, or whatever. But like, right. There's yeah. no tongue-in-cheek. She it's falls just... in love at first sight, because that's what happens in fairy tales. Like, right. That's, that's love. That's the story. While this serenading uh, scene is happening, I do like we get a very slow pan shot to reveal the Wicked Queen, like, watching uh, the scene from above, and, like, I think she pulls the shutters shut as mm-hmm. it ends, and that's a really pretty shot. Uh, I really liked the... Uh, intimidating look to it. There's a lot of shots like that in this film where it's just kind of like, whoa. If you you listen to our intro episode, you know, one of the things we're going to be evaluating these movies on uh, is their mise-en-scene and the the visuals that go along with it. And the visuals in this movie are amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially with uh, the queen and even from these early scenes where not a whole lot is happening, right? right? Queen talks to a mirror. Snow White sings, Prince shows up, Snow White goes inside, Queen watches, shuts the, the curtains or the shutter. Uh, not much going on, but the way that they're done, they look so iconic. Uh, and they're not just iconic because they're the first one, like they're really well done. Uh, right. I think it's an impressive level of detail for what I'm sure was a daunting task in the 30s. Now, it's not like it's the first cartoon they've ever made. Like they've been right. making cartoons, they know kind right. of what they're doing. 
but the idea of stretching it out for this long. And one of the things, and we'll talk about this later on, the pacing in this movie, some it falls apart a little bit. Times, uh, yeah. Which makes sense, because if you're not used to making something this long, that's going mm-hmm. to happen. Wicked Queen, obviously upset by seeing that Snow White is courting this prince, or rather the prince courting her. Uh, right. Further, he's, he's not that progressive, man. <laughs> like, Fair enough. Visual evidence of the fact that she is, as the mirror says, the fairest in the land. So she immediately decides, hey, uh, let's kill the bitch, basically. <laughs> yeah, that escalated. Like, yeah, calls so, in the huntsman. Uh, yeah, her little underling for hire. Uh, calls right, in. I mean, and the poor guy, he's got to do what he's got to do. Like, can't say queen, no to the queen, exactly. right? Like, he's just a huntsman. Then you get stabbed. Right, and so she gives him the task of... Uh, yeah, kill her, cut out her heart, and bring it back in a box to prove that you killed her. Right, I mean, but to be fair, like, it's not like you could have just, you know, got a selfie with your dead body. Like, yeah, that was the thing back then. I'd say, uh, speaking of fairy tales and also, like, the shifting in values and storytelling over the past hundred years, carving out someone's heart and stabbing violence, like, these are not things you find in, like, modern family tales like that. No, like, I mean, she could have just locked her up in the dungeon somewhere. She just right. really didn't want people to know that she was prettier or, like, put a mask on her. Like, right, but a hundred years ago, like, these are the stories we're telling our children. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel, like, they, an old woman burns to death in her oven. Like, it's... That damn Hansel, he's so hot right now. <laughs> Should I say Hansel? That sounds so, like, Arkansas. Well, yeah, I don't know, but... Crap. Get your shit together. So, yeah, she basically just gets a fancy new dress to, I guess, get blood all over when she presumably gets stabbed. But uh, the stabbing doesn't actually happen. The huntsman has a change of heart. And that's a good thing because it got real scary there for a second. This is another part where I think the movie captures the darkness of the film really well because, like, we just get a close-up of the huntsman's eyes as he's creeping up on her. And that's, that's a really haunting image. But... He breaks down at the last minute, he drops the knife, he starts crying and says, basically, Snow White, you gotta get out of here. The queen wants you dead because you're fairer than her, and that's that's basically Snow White's motivation for the rest of the film is escape and survive, which and she hauls we, ass into the trees and escapes. While we haven't seen Snow White and the queen interact with each other at any point, like right. Snow does not seem surprised to find this out, though, like... Can you just call her Snow? That sounds like a weird first name. That's what they do in Once Upon a Time. Oh, call her Snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, Mar- Mary Margaret. Uh, but Snow, when she's... It, it's a whole thing. Anyway, it's a complex S- show. Snow White does not um, seem surprised by this. Like, she seems scared by it. Yeah. And she runs away. But she's not like, what? No, she would never do that. Like, no, it's, it's definitely, definitely like, like, oh, no. Oh, I, well, wow, she is a wicked queen. So totally it does seem realistic. Like, right. But, uh, yeah, hauls ass through the woods, and some scary shit happens in these woods. Like, she's basically haunted by everything she runs into. And there's some images that I know stuck with me as a kid of, like, horrifying tree faces with their creepy, like, rape right, hands coming really out. Simple, uh, simply done. Like, there's parts where it's just, like, a black screen, and there's eyeballs right. uh, that you can see. Uh, things that would have been easy to animate. And then, like we said before, with the it feels like play scenery, like, going behind her. Uh, you know, where she's just running in place. Um, right. But yeah, and also uh, something that I'd probably bring up uh, several times throughout this film, but the score of this film is very impressive. Like, uh, I'm not too big on most of the original songs. I like Hi Ho, but that's about it. But anytime there's a scene, uh, at this point, it's just like crazy string music that really captures the panic. Yeah, she's fleeing. Yeah. And also, uh, 
when she finds the dwarves' house, and she, like, there's even just playful stuff there where it's like knock, 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 string, string, string. Like the score like accompanies this film so well throughout, and that I ended up giving this film really high points in our, our music category later on when we get to that. But it's that's this is a scene where I find it's very strong. But yeah, we escape. Uh, in, we get through all the scary bits of the woods. She basically kind of overwhelms and faints because it, it's the thirties and it's women on film. But uh, she's just left alone crying in the woods, and she's comforted by uh, all the cute animals, <laughs> right? Uh, which becomes a, a sort of Disney trope, yeah. Of like, which and, is is mocked in Shrek and, and mm-hmm. later movies, um, where you sing to the birds and the birds take care of you or whatever. It happens. Cinderella gets dressed because the animals like bring her yeah. clothes and stuff. There's at least magic involved with Cinderella. Snow White's just a person in the woods and animals come help her. But she's such she's so pure hearted and so kind. This is also definitely a case. Uh, I think throughout these films, we'll notice anytime we get either one a really scary portion or two a really heartbreaking portion, like a Bambi's mom or something like that. Uh, the heavy stuff for the kids is almost always immediately followed by like the happiest freaking most saccharine scene imaginable. So it's it goes right from oh my god, oh my god, oh my god to crying to happy squirrels and there's a turtle and oh here's all the cute animals they're gonna come hug snow white right, and she's gonna really sing a song alone. you have your animal friends right keep telling yourself that little girl you're single and you'll die alone <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely like immediate okay we scared you but look at the cute thing like right i don't know there's, we'll find films where that's even more like egregious but it's it's definitely a trope but the animals uh I guess teach her to pick herself back up by singing? I, I don't know. She seems kind of bipolar at times in this film, where she immediately just flips to the other emotion, but women. She goes right back to optimism, op- optimism is the word, and starts singing a song. She realizes she's going to be all right, and then basically her next step is find a new place to stay because she can't go back to the castle. She'll get stabbed to death. Uh, and then it's, it's at this point the... Like squirrels and deer show her that they know of a cottage in the woods not far from there, and that's where we travel to. The home of the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Dwarfs. Dwarfs. <laughs> the home of the dwarves is Moria. Right? <laughs> yeah. So she ends up, you know, a king, queen under the mountain. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, the home of the dwarfs. I did notice uh, another visual thing. The, uh, the, the scene where she's walking through the forest on the way to the cottage, there's a lot of detail. Uh, there's scenery not only in the background but also in the foreground that she's kind of walking through. I guess that kind of fits your like play imagery as well. But uh, it, it was an impressive level of detail, especially for a hundred years ago. But we get to the little dwarf college, and there's a really cute turtle throughout this whole scene. Pretty much throughout this film, that's that was my spirit animal. <laughs> that was the the character that got to me the most. Uh, he's trying his best to help everyone out, but he's a turtle. He's a little bit slow. The cottage appears to be abandoned. She walks inside and notices how just dusty and unkempt it is. Uh, obviously, we have to have a little sing-along as we clean it up. Right, but before we get to that, like, she sees the beds, which are tiny, and obviously we know from the title of the movie why they're <laughs> tiny. Right. But even though there's axes all over this yeah. uh, house... Mining she, equipment. She assumes these are children that live here, like, which I wrote down in my notes... What the fuck kind of badass kids live in the palace <laughs> just walking around with axes? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, they have tiny beds, but they've also got fucking axes. Like, why would they be little kids? 
Yeah, that's, I wouldn't want to mess with them. I thought it was probably offensive to the dwarves. Like, they get, uh, just everyone assumes they're children because of their height. Like, they probably get way too much of that shit. Right. So she needs a way to convince the dwarves to let her, well, she doesn't know they're dwarves yet, but she needs a way to convince the people who live there to let her stay. Right. And she assumes the best way to do that uh, is to clean for them, because that's what men want. They want things <laughs> cleaned for them. The 30s. Right, yeah. But yeah, she cleans the house, uh, sweeps up the dust and the cobwebs, sings Probably not the best-known song from this film, but easily second, uh, Whistle While You Work. That would be Dustin. I can't whistle. So, side note, lots of whistling in the early Disney movies, which maybe that's why I didn't watch these so much. They made me mad. You feel left out. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't happen. I'm I'm a proficient whistler, I'm not going to lie. The animals try to help her clean, but I'm not going to lie, they are half-assing. They do. Uh, The chipmunks try to sweep the dust under them. Yeah, they are trying, but not really trying. It does lead to a lot of cute sight gags. They try to find a way to make things uh, humorous as much as possible. I will say I'm glad to see, like, we as a society valued adorable animals just as much as uh, 100 years ago, just as much as we do now. Like, that's not a thing that's changed at all. When they covered the deer in all the, like, dirty clothes and everything, he's got them hanging off his mm-hmm. antlers. That's really cute. So Snow goes upstairs uh, after she's finished cleaning and falls asleep. The animals fall asleep, too, despite ostensibly having homes of their own that they could go to. They fall asleep with her. Uh, the, the uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the dwarfs uh, return home. Not to stop you, but you know what we forgot to mention? What? Whistle while you work. Hitler was a jerk. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> that's that's our grandpa. I don't know where the hell that came from. He's accurate. That is, that is I mean, true. He was, he was a jerk. I think we can stand now. <laughs> well, everyone's on that side Objectively of the fence. Objectively a jerk. Anyway, she goes upstairs. Uh, uh, falls asleep. So obviously. No, she didn't fall asleep. That's later on. Forget I said that. We haven't fallen asleep yet. <laughs> But uh, I think she just goes upstairs, and that's where we leave away from the scene, because we... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we just yeah. abruptly cut to, well, now we're in a mine, and right. there's all these characters which we is... haven't met yet digging in the, in the mine, digging up jewels, and we sing hi-ho. Uh, and as we do, we sort of introduce all of the dwarf the dwarfs uh, in a way that we're gonna say dwarves shows a their, their personality, and you get an idea right away which one uh, is which, even if... You haven't heard their names yet. You can tell, oh, that one's kind of shy, and that one's right. Oh, and you can kind of get it. Just they're kind of. I mean, they're like they're not meant to look like real people. They're like caricatures of ideas, mm-hmm. which is a Disney animation thing throughout. One of the things I learned in researching uh, this movie is they went through like dozens of dwarf names before they finally settled on the the seven that they wanted to use. Uh, Walt Disney really wanted to use Dopey as one of them, and the other animators did not. Obviously, Walt gets his way, it's his company. Uh, but the way he convinced them uh, was to say uh, that, because uh, the others uh, disputed that Dopey was even a word, uh, and Walt said that uh, actually Shakespeare used it. And uh, so they were like, okay, well, in that case, uh, Shakespeare never used Dopey <laughs> at any point. Like, just Walt just said it, get out of jail went, free. Oh, well, no one's going to call him on that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Shakespeare wrote like a hundred books. How are we gonna ever find that? Right. So uh, that's that's the story. Of that so that's how we get dopey. Yeah, we get to see the dwarves at work. Uh, you know, they're getting a big haul of, di- of uh, diamonds and jewels here and everything. I just want to say, I went to the crystal mine several times as a kid, various field trips. We didn't find shit. Like we found ugly rocks and mud, and that was. This is a much more uh, overflowing mind than what we were going through. So they sing, uh, hi-ho, hi-ho. Mm-hmm. It gets to be quitting time. That's when, you know, home from work we go. Uh, mm-hmm. 
the bell rings, and then uh, they march on home to the to the tune. And we cut back to Snow White now falling asleep in their bed. Which is what I started to say earlier. Yeah, so Snow White has fallen asleep across several of their beds at, at like three or four of them. 6 p.m., I think. Like, she, she did a lot of work. It was, it, early. Early. it was okay. a very dirty house, and the animals weren't doing shit. Uh, but so the animals fall asleep, too, uh, even though they ostensibly have homes of their own they could have gone to. The bird puts out the candle with his asshole. Like, he just totally... That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so an effective method of putting it out, I guess. bird is into, but so... Then there's a knock, or they hear the, the dwarfs returning, and the animals, being the good friends that they are, after helping her find her way there and uh, kind of helping her clean the house, fucking scatter and don't wake her up, because friends. <laughs> the turtle is way behind everybody. Right. He's still making it up the right. stairs when they come down. No one that is to warn Snow White or nope. do anything. Like, they just all Sell her right out. When this is the house they told her to go to, oh, right, like, yeah. they are saving their own skin. So the dwarfs are getting ready. They realize, uh-oh, we got an intruder in the house. Uh... And they gotta they prepare they get their axes and pickaxes everything ready because they don't know what's waiting for them. Uh, Doc sort of tries to be the leader. I guess he's like the leader of the dwarves. He seems to be right. And despite his name not suggesting it, he has one thing that uh, that he's re- re- does repeatedly, and that's say everything backwards. Yeah, he screws uh, up his words a lot, which makes me laugh. Which is when they get inside, he says, "All right, we need to search every cook and nanny, a uh, hook and granny, a uh, crooked fanny. Right. <laughs> search everywhere." Right. That gets even better when he starts arguing with Grumpy later on. But, yeah, uh, so they notice the uh, the dishes are not in the sink, and they automatically assume someone stole them, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, which reminds me, uh, our uh, house growing up was not overly clean. I don't want to say that it was like filthy, like we were living in, in total squalor, right. uh, but just just stuff everywhere, <laughs> like sort of like an episode of Hoarders. And it like, wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But in the kitchen, uh, especially. <laughs> and we, uh, our, our mom always wanted an island, but for whatever reason didn't put an island in the kitchen. Right. And so just instead just piled stuff. And so we uh, <laughs> effectively had an island. But it's not like a countertop you could no, work on. It was like, just stuff that was jutting out of yeah, the microwave. baskets filled with stuff. Just Stuff mm-hmm. everywhere, and what we affectionately called by by two thousand nine, when we were rewatching his movies, we affectionately called Shit Island. <laughs> and then uh, one time, while getting excited, I think to watch one of these movies, maybe making popcorn or something, I bumped into the island, and stuff went everywhere. And it, we referred to it as landslide on Shit Island. Yes. Well, I would not want to be a part of that landslide. <laughs> that is true. So they anyway. So the dwarfs. Oh, the side dwarfs, note: Still on Shit Island. Oh, okay. Um, it was basically that's the sequel. I'm still on shit. <laughs> it we call it island. It started out more as a peninsula because it went like in like the general center of the room. It was like microwave on one side, sink on another, and the for lack of a better term, shit was basically <laughs> jutting out from the microwave almost to the sink, but with a little bit of yeah, a walkway. We have it to safety. Um, so if you're at the you know the kitchen table, you got to walk around the peninsula to get to like the pantry and all your pots and pans you need over there and everything and then later years maybe around the time i was like 15 16 we cleaned it up a little bit and cleaned some of it away from the microwave so it became not a peninsula but a full island but still anytime i needed to go to the microwave because it was so ingrained in me i would walk all the way around again use it and then walk all the way back around like one way (laughs) not the best way to use your full floor space in your kitchen but it was a larger kitchen with like a dining room, or not dining room, but large enough right. to put a, a kitchen a dining table. table in yeah. there as well. Anyway, so the dwarfs, uh, you know, after seeing that their dishes are 
possibly stolen, <laughs> decide to go upstairs and see what they know. There. There's soup cooking as well, so they know whatever's here is, uh, you know, still in the house. Uh, Grumpy is very suspicious of the stew. He thinks it's witch's brew. Right. This is around the point I realize Grumpy is my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. Uh, so they get up to the bedroom. They notice uh, there's Eve lump in the bed that's sleeping. They decide they want to kill it in their sleep because these pe- these uh, dwarfs that the animals led her to are the friendliest bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these animals uh, not really trying to help Snow. Uh, maybe it's the only this house, could have ended horribly. Maybe it's the only house in the woods. Like maybe, maybe that's the only place they could have taken her. But these guys not friendly. Also, before the dwarfs uh, go up there and investigate, they say don't be to take care of it because let's all pick on the mentally challenged guy, I guess, and make right. him. It's a very abusive relationship between the rest of the dwarfs and Dopey, I've noticed. Dopey sees Snow White stretching in the bed and assumes it's a giant ghost or something, so then I have to go go up there and press the attack. So they get ready to attack her in the bed, and then they discover they can't actually attack her because... She's too pretty. She's a girl. Yeah. But all of them are convinced of uh, that that means she's okay, except for Grumpy, your favorite Grumpy, who right. uh, hates females. You know what? She's a female, and all females is poison. Right. <laughs> Full of wicked wilds. That's what I wrote down, yes, and uh, which he's against, and then I wrote in parentheses, he's again him, because that's what he <laughs> that says. says. Grumpy always reminded me of Papa as a kid. I don't know yeah. why. But uh, Snow White wakes up, and we get the... Uh, the how do you do meeting and the dwarfs obviously don't realize what this means because Grumpy responds with how do you do what? <laughs> Which I guess I never really thought about that saying but it doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, Grumpy once Snow White introduces herself and says why she's there and all these mm-hmm. other things Grumpy warns the other dwarfs of the dangers of keeping her there says the, the queen is a, a witch with black magic which we haven't really seen any yeah, no, I don't evidence know. of that. So I, I mean, I don't know where. So we don't know this. because of what we heard Grumpy say. He seen, he assumes all women are bad. True. We don't really know. He's an unreliable narrator right. here. But so we don't know if like this is her reputation in the kingdom. Is everyone afraid of her? Uh, I mean, she looks kind of afraid of her. Yes, but she is startled fairly easily. So I suppose. Uh, this is also where we kind of more formally introduce all the dwarfs, because Snow White guesses their names, and then we get, here's Happy, here's Bashful, and we get to, you know, recognize all of them and differ- differentiate them between the, uh, uh, to the audience. There's a really good exchange between Grumpy and Doc, because Doc is clearly trying to be like, no, you can stay with us, that's fine, and Grumpy is clearly trying to push the other objective, so Doc is stammering, he's like, no, no, we're, uh, we're very, uh, we're very mad as hornets, we're mad as hornets, no, hook as hornets, and it just keeps on going. That's probably the hardest I laughed in this film. The two of them are, are hysterical together. Yes. <laughs> so Snow White tells them that they have, uh, that, you know, they can have some of the soup, but they can't have it until they right. wash, wash up. So we got to have a sing-along, basically. Right, which to, confuses them. Why do we need to wash? Like, we've done, done it yesterday. <laughs> which reminds me of that scene in the, uh, I don't know if it, I don't remember if it's in the remake of True Grit, but it's in the original one where they, they're having to do surgery because one of them's got a bullet in them or whatever. And, yeah. And uh, so Maddie tells the, the doc, well, you got to wash your hands first. And he's something like, he's like, well, why? Why do I have to do that? He's like, don't you wash before you eat? Well, yeah, but I'm not going to eat him. Like, <laughs> just germs and men are dumb <laughs> is the idea but yeah uh we get the big uh dwarf uh dwarf 
wash tub right. sing along. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely how I was taught to wash my face as a kid. I imagine a lot of kids got that. He's like, no, go wash your face. You got to do it like Grumpy does it. Right. It's, it's <laughs> not Grumpy, of course, because Grumpy. No, he doesn't yeah. want any part of it. He says, uh, basically implies that all the dwarfs are gay because they're doing this. Uh, he says, like, oh, you're going to be wearing, uh, putting pretty ribbons in your hair and wearing perfume, doing all this girly stuff. But then naturally, all the other dwarfs grab him and basically waterboard him to get him <laughs> to wash himself. Like, they, it looks quite uh, harrowing. We get all cleaned up. I noticed the song uh, they sing here sounds suspiciously like up on the housetop. Uh, I don't, I imagine this came first, probably. I don't know. That seems like one of those shitty, like, 70s, 60s, or 70s Christmas songs, but it's very, like, do, 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 like, same kind of tune. But yeah, we also get a very long, uh, obviously meant to be comedic sequence where Dopey swallows the soap. And it's, uh, mm. that was probably the only moment where I, like, I knew I laughed at it a lot as a kid and it didn't really hold up. And I was like, that was clearly, uh, this is meant for a younger audience than me. Cause yeah, we, we established in the, in the first episode, if you didn't listen to it, uh, check that one out. Right. Shame on you. If you didn't, um, <laughs> you, there's still plenty of time. There's no yeah, rush, but they're not going anywhere. We, anyway, one of the things we said is that while we ourselves are, are adults now, grown ass men, I believe Jake called us in the, <laughs> uh, he also called us brothers. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> grown ass men, uh, in the, uh, in the first episode, we are we, we don't have children uh, of our own but i have friends that, that do have kids and they watch these movies with their kids now and they don't like dopey they they recently really? rewatched no white it just uh, got released on blu-ray fairly recently mm-hmm. uh they don't like they feel like it's just walt disney just picking on the mentally handicapped like they just, they don't care for it now one of them has a, a brother who's got down syndrome or whatever these are the adults that feel this yeah, way the adults. Okay. i thought you were saying the kids no i think the kids, I imagine kids, kids, kids love everything right we don't know anything Kids love it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Children. Uh, I, that seems a bit harsh. I, I feel like in any kind of uh, storytelling, there's always going to be like the slow one of the group that's going to get picked on. Yeah, but he's clearly more than just I, slow. Right. He's oversized. He's... Yeah, okay. <laughs> impossibly dumb. don't fit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, I feel a little bit less cool with Dopey now. So once they get clean... Uh, they go inside to eat, and we get a we get to see the queen a little bit again. Yeah, I was gonna say we go back to the castle for a bit, and we see her taking uh, what looks to be a secret passageway down into a dark and scary area of the. Uh, well, before we get to that, uh, she's speaking to her magic mirror again, oh, yeah, who reveals, true. "Hey, oh, yeah. this guy lied to you. Snow White's not dead. He brought you the heart of a pig in the box, and not the heart of a human. I don't know how big pig hearts is." hearts are <laughs> but I, I assume there'd be a size difference there but I don't know I, don't know. I took an anatomy class once but I don't think we dissected a sheep heart I think I don't know I don't remember it was a long time ago dissected a sheep dissected a sheep something might have been a brain okay either way heart of a pig we never see the huntsman again so I'm assuming bad things happen to him as a result of this yeah or maybe he just hightailed it as soon as he turned I in the heart he could have mm-hmm. I'm getting out of here. I want to get in good. But anyway, so then she takes the, what looks to be a secret staircase mm-hmm. down to this scary area. Do you notice the books on the shelf as she's getting ready to do her spells here? No. It's, there's like black arts, black magic, witchcraft, like just general, <laughs> okay. like not even cool titles, like just, just <laughs> you get the bad idea. shit. Right. Literally, literally, called there's it. like five books. I'm a witch. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, she puts together a potion to, her plan is to make herself look like a decrepit old woman. 
And then the next step is to uh, find a way to poison Snow White so that she will have a never-ending sleep, I guess is the plan. Right. And that's with a poison apple. Somehow, she got, we originally didn't cut out her heart, now we're just going to have her sleep. Yeah. Her original plan was stab the bitch, and it ends we, up much more circuitous than that. So this like, is why like people make fun of like Bond villains or like Disney villains, too, all, right. all super villains, because their plans are so nonsensical. Like right. this one, like I, this is what I wrote in my notes, like, just to recap, the queen hates Snow <laughs> Snow White, because she's the only one in, in the land that's prettier than her. Okay, fine. So, logically, what she does is transform herself as to be as hideous as possible. Right. Which she, of course, does before doing the poison apple, so she can, I guess, get into evil it's characters. Like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> what that's about. Like, it seems like that would be the last thing she would want to do. She also she laughs up the fact that she looks horrifying, so maybe she just... She knows it's not going to last, so she's not taking. Because we never know. It seems out of character. She spoilers never transforms out of this state, so Mm -hmm. we don't. I I assume it's not permanent, but we don't know that. I imagine, and this is giving the film a lot of credit. It's meant to reflect the evil that's within. uh, You know, beauty's only skin deep. That's who she really is inside. Right, but. Why would she want to transform herself into that it seems <laughs> when like what she movie. wants is to be the fairest in the land? Well, maybe if it's the last thing she would expect or whatever. Like, I could see it, but it seems like it would be the last thing you would do. Like, all right, right before you're walking out the door, let me do this real quick. And then, yeah. you know, or maybe like right before you get to Snow White's house, you know. But no, she spends a good, like, yeah. I would assume multiple hours cackling in her basement. <laughs> before. Transform first. Get used to how I look or whatever, then go ahead and do right. the, the apple. Disguise myself as an old woman, approach Snow White in the woods and give her an apple, but don't worry, the apple is laced with poison and it will kill her, but won't really kill her. It'll just put her in a coma, which, by the way, that coma can be broken by true love's first kiss, but that'll never happen. Right, she's never even met a guy before, except I already saw her meet a guy <laughs> right. once. What was we wrong with stabbing? <laughs> go back to plan A. Right, I mean, you're in a disguise now, no one will know it's you. You, like you could go there, stab her yourself, you leave. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. But really? that's what she decides to do. Right. She cackles about it for a while, then we go back to a happy scene. Yeah, uh, we get the silly dancing scene with a song from the dwarfs. Which is a funny, goofy scene. I guess uh we had like a sing-along tape as a kid, uh-huh. something like that. So I've probably seen this song more than the rest, because I know that one was on there. And it's basically just dwarves dancing with Snow White. Mm-hmm. I know they reuse this animation in uh Robin Hood when we get to mm-hmm. the dancing scene in that one. We use a ton of animation for that film. But. Right. But we can play our first example of Disney spot the racism in this one uh, where as they're doing this there's the, uh, like a big drum solo or whatever and then Dopey puts the symbol on his head wears it like a Chinese hat and as he does he makes a, uh, slight, a squint <laughs> oh, eye face I didn't catch like, that. <laughs> I knew he slammed the symbol on his head but Squint eyes and yeah, okay. bugs for the camera on his way off screen. Uh, and yeah. Pinocchio, we get uh, cigar-tossing Indians. So. Right, yeah, we get, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like, it's not just, like, Song of the South where, like, the whole movie is based off racism. Right. It, it just creeps up in casual Disney right. racism, which it's unfair to judge them for because, right. like, it was an acceptable thing. The I don't want to see that removed from these films. No. I don't, like, I'm not for that at all, but it's clear to see, like... This stuff was kind of ingrained in everyone a little longer than it probably right. should I mean, have been. You could watch the uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoons, uh, and you can see oh, yeah. plenty of things there too that are uh, not acceptable at today's standards. But it doesn't seem you can't judge old things by today's standards. It's not fair uh, to the old things. There's also the uh, 
the little rascals like stand on each other's shoulders and ask Mel Brooks for a loan spot, but dancing with Snow White instead with Dopey and I think Sneezy is underneath him. It's got to be Sneezy because that's how it ends with right, yeah. Sneezy sending Dopey flying. It was at this point where I was like, kind of glad the queen is currently cooking up a murder plot because if she didn't, the entire rest of this film would just be the dwarves having like goofy sing-alongs with Snow White and I was getting about sick of it, but yeah. Things pick up a little bit then. Actually, no, they don't, because Snow White has to tell the dwarves a story about how she's in love with the prince and sing uh, the song Someday My Prince Will Come, which is the Jake totally fast-forwarded through this song as a kid song of the movie. Yeah. We'll get a lot of those throughout these right. Disney films. Just keeping in mind, again, judging from our standards rather than fairy tale standards, like right. she's in love with a guy she's met exactly one time who just jumped over the wall to her house right. and tried to, he didn't for, force himself on her. It's a bit strong, but yeah, but he was, uh, he didn't seem particularly wanted and startled her at the time. And like at this point in the film, I had completely forgotten about Prince Charming. It's not like something she mentioned to her little animal friends or anything along the way oh by the way i want to marry this guy like it was just like an hour later in the film well here's who i'm in love with it seems like it was off screen for a very long time yeah i mean i guess you need her to have a lover if the way she could be you know revived is that someone's got to kiss her and be in love with her right but it other than that does not feel necessary for her story like this problem is the queen doesn't like her uh you know so the queen does evil things to her whatever right like, why do you have to bring a lover into it? I believe you clearly have to break the spell, but there you go. At this point, we cut back to the queen, still making the fucking poison, taking her time about it. Right. Well, she's old now. She can move. <laughs> That's true. Seems like she could have done this when she was spry, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe the poison has a short shelf life. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, I notice every single one of her lines in this film, the queen gives while looking directly at the camera. <laughs> like, I know it's not physically a camera, but her vision is like uh, eyeline match with the audience. Which, I mean, she's just uh, vocalizing everything she's doing, which I'm, you know, I'm fine with. But I think because it's even more direct like that, it's basically like, look, kids, I'm making poison. This is to scare you. I'm a witch. Right. Like, I mean, the other thing would be like, it's sort of like a Shakespearean, like a, like a soliloquy. soliloquy. Yeah. yeah, okay. I feel like you can give one of those without, while watching what you're doing, I guess. But I don't know. There's still some more good, uh, you know, spooky facial expressions and things like that in this scene. Uh, we also get the, uh, when she's like sneaking out through the cellar door or whatever. I don't know if you've seen that as a, a meme before, as a reaction gif. But it was usually, I saw a post of once as like, my reaction when I pass somebody walking to the bathroom that I just destroyed. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, check that one out. Right, on we the can see that like, she's not playing around though on her way to, to make her escape. Like we pass all these skeletons of people that just been, yeah, Less just died in her dungeon to, to rot. Yeah, didn't pick up on the fact that uh, you know that was inside the castle. Snow White was singing in front of at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a pretty stark uh, contrast of images there. Yeah, maybe if she'd ever stop singing, she could hear the screams of these dying <laughs> people uh, beneath her. But she sets out on a boat to. Uh, I guess she knows where Snow White is from her magic. Right. <laughs> she's got a crystal ball. I don't know. Yeah, she is magic. She so checked her GPS. Most uh, most like criticisms I might have could be explained. Snow White well, she's in. magic. She checked in on Foursquare. So like, is that still a thing? I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> she made a Facebook status. There you go. Said where she was. 
and the queen went there too. Also, there's never like we never see Snow White passing a river. I don't think in any of her journeys. Uh, no. So I don't really know how this river helps her. <laughs> like, maybe it's a I'm short take this boat and then have walk. The job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but then the dwarfs uh, head out for work again the next day. Snow White's just gonna hang out at the house and she's gonna bake it into gooseberry pies. Her plan because they decided they like those. Um, they, she has to kiss them all goodbye. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of more dopey jokes in here. I was kind of like, meh. Okay. Like, circles back around. So we yeah. Get extra kisses. Move along with this, you guys. But there's, there's a character growth moment here where Grumpy gets his kiss. Right? That's true. He, he enjoys it. Acted like he didn't want one, but then he, he really does care for Snow White, yeah. even if she has wicked wilds. <laughs> but uh, then we cut back to the queen, who has now abandoned her boat and walking across the ground. So I don't know how much time she saved with that. We also see these creepy-ass vultures just hanging out that right, I guess so foreshadowing understand here, yeah. the queen's plan and but that there's well going enough, to be a victim. Right, not well eat. enough to understand that she won't actually die so that she could they could eat her. But they do get a meal by the end. Well, that is tr- mm-hmm. true, um, though not Snow White. But there, we get some foreshadowing, at least, from right. those... Then we cut back to Snow White making the pie with some help from some birds. Side note, I don't want to eat this pie if fucking birds have been sticking their they feet all in the dough. Very pretty crust. They did. I'll give them that. But you know how gross a bird foot is? Like, how many times do you think they shit on those? How often do you shit on your foot? Like, what are you talking I'm about? I'm not a bird. <laughs> birds aren't that smart. They shit on my car. I don't know if they shit on their <laughs> foot. Like... What are you talking about? While we're making the pie, then we get the looming, like, shadow show up. We see Snow White's reaction first, and then, bam, scary queen face in the window there staring Which, right at you. That is terrifying. It's followed up by the queen's uh, sales pitch for the apple. <laughs> it's like, the worst. You gotta try these apples. Like, they're the greatest thing. Like, yeah. Well, first of all, she's making a pie for somebody else. Right. She's saying, hey... Take these apples, put them in your pie, it'll make a great pie. Which, if your plan is get Snow White to eat an apple, cutting it up and putting it in a pie is not going to accomplish that. Right. You're gonna... I imagine cooking it might dilute the poison. Also, I don't you know, know how, how that you, works. You know how you've never seen an apple commercial uh, for <laughs> the fruit apple? Uh, because you don't need one. Like, people know what apples taste like. They don't need to be sold on them. Like, hey, apples, they're the latest thing. Check them out. Like... True. And uh, while she's trying to sell the apples to Snow White, like the woodland creatures understand what's going on and they haul ass to go get the dwarfs and we get to see the dwarfs going, oh crap, the queen, she's getting Snow White, let's run back. Clearly in the time that's passed, uh, Snow White has not been having any of the sale pitch because the queen is now saying, it's a magic wishing apple and it will give you, you can make your wish come true. Right, she's out of ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's not a very good idea. five minutes into I mean, her giant evil scheme. sort of scheme. thing that would make you do, like, if you went to some sort of, like, a marketing uh, seminar yeah. and, like, pitch this apple, man. Sell me this apple. Like, something out <laughs> That's of... That's where you end up. Uh, something out of that movie whose name I can't remember right now. Something. Wolf of Wall Street? Like something out of Wolf of Wall Street where he's like trying to you sell me that apple right now. Like, there you go. That's, it's, a, it's a magic wishing apple. That's <laughs> what it is. I did notice the, in the music here as well, uh, there is a little callback. Uh, it's kind of like a sinister, uh, maybe minor key, but I could be using that wrong. Uh, like a sinister version of the song she was singing with the prince in the beginning. Ooh. Yeah, there's like little musical cues that match oh, up with that. that. Mm-hmm. That's a nice touch. Right, because she's thinking, hey, I eat this apple, I get the prince because I'm a dumbass. 
<laughs> this is what I think apples do. Right, because I could wish for anything in the world. I'm going to wish to meet this prince again that I have <laughs> right. never spoken to. Yet. So Snow White eats the apple and passes out. And I do really like the cinematography, uh, just the shot. We don't see Snow White eat it. We see, like, her shadow doing it. And we see the Wicked Queen laughing about it. And then we just cut down to see, like, her hand roll out and drop the apple and... That's a good, it's a very artistic shot. Yeah, the image in your mind is scarier right. than anything. You know, like, on. oh, she did. Like, you don't need to see it happen, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, the queen's plan was a success. Uh, now she's going to get her way out of there. And then there's just suddenly a massive hurricane going on. Uh, it seemed like a bright, sunny day before that, but I guess it could be magical. She is a queen. I don't know. But the uh, the dwarfs are on their way back. Oh, my God, we got to save Snow White queen they see the old woman they don't really know she's the queen but they see an old woman cackling and leaving so i guess they pick up on all the details and uh now it's like she's got to escape she ends up up a cliff and tries to flip a boulder down on top of the dwarfs but then gets struck by plot convenience lightning i guess (laughs) it was a very i know it's the first one but it was a very disney death of well we got to kill the villain but none of the good guys can become murderers so how does he die this week or she Starting out with struck by lightning, which causes the cliff to collapse uh, and cause her to fall to her death. So we're probably going to get even more convoluted than that as the story goes on or as the timeline goes on. But a bit ridiculous. But uh, outside of her death and the buzzards go after her as well because hubris, I guess. It's her poetic justice. Yeah, I mean, buzzards got to eat either way. Like, sure. I don't feel like they're, you know, they just want to eat. Yeah, okay. The, the queen has been killed, but Snow White is in a, a living sleep coma thing. And that's basically where we're at now. The dwarfs are all heartbroken, and we sort of get the epilogue here. We go back to the book uh, that we saw at the beginning, which just sort of sums up what's happening. Uh, the dwarfs, it points out that the dwarfs don't have the heart to bury her, which is fucking good since she's just sleeping, you guys. She's not dead. If only there was some sort of doctor in the dwarf group that could have diagnosed this. Whoops. Then she just gets put in a glass coffin until the day the prince showed up. Like, that's basically how it explains it, is the prince had been looking for her, and now he found her, and now they kiss, and she's alive. Right. He just happens to find her in the middle of the woods, kisses her, which he assumes is a dead person, because that's what you do, I guess. I don't know, it's a weird structure, but I guess it fits, like, adapting from a fairy tale. But the climax is very much Snow White died, and then the queen fell off a cliff, and then the resolution is then Snow White was brought back to life. So, I don't know. It's it's a bit strange. And even though they could have just been happy with that, he, of course, has to take her to his castle in the clouds. Is that where they go? Yes. I, they get on, She gets on his horse and leaves, to I assume, like, uh, yes, he's got a house. Yes. But isn't Snow White... The new queen now? Uh, is that how that lineage works? No, that's not how that works. If you're a woman, you've got to go to the new kingdom. You can't be running okay. your, well, I mean, Who's going to run that one? She Was the Wicked Queen married to anyone? I don't know. So Castle in the Clouds, huh? I'm looking it up so you can see what you should have already <laughs> seen when we watched this movie. Look, it was late at night by this point. I about fell asleep when we had the scene earlier where all the dwarves were snoring. I was like, oh, it's about bedtime. While you're looking it up, that is the end of the film, and uh, I guess I can do my sort of final thoughts while you're searching for things. Uh, Yeah, generally Snow White never been a favorite of mine by any means, but I thought for a hundred-year-old film, like, I wasn't bored, and I it legitimately made me laugh more than once. Uh, 
you know, some of that was, you know, easy laughs like the turtle or, but I mean, the grumpy and doc dialogue was always very fun. I found most of the dwarves to be fun characters. And, uh, I mean, plot wise, eh, it's not really my thing. Like Snow White doesn't really have any motivation or any sort of arc. She just escapes and then gets what she wants, which is the prince, I guess. Oh, okay. We're, I, we're watching the end of the film on YouTube now so I can see a castle in the clouds. So you're right. Uh, I just noticed that we're, we're doing the slow, like, zoom in to the standing on a hillside. And then, yes, there is a castle made of clouds in the sky. I never picked up on that, I guess. I have some questions about this prince now, but it's like the end of Greece when the car just starts flying for no reason. Back to, uh, yeah, summing it up. It's, uh, at the end of the day, it's a fairy tale, so there's a lot of things. I feel like most of the complaints I do have are going to get answered by it's a fairy tale, take what you get. But I, I will say I did enjoy watching this film. Yeah, me too. So you ready to move on to our scores? Yeah, we might as well jump in. So I guess we should start with the uh, the matters, the mm -hmm. plot. Um, yeah, if you didn't check out our intro episode, we have six things that we're ranking this on. Uh sort of a grading rubric we'll be grading to find not necessarily what's the best film or what's our favorite film, but what's the most Disney film, like what has the most Disney qualities. Uh, if you want to hear us discuss this further intro episode, or just we'll keep talking here and you'll probably pick up on it. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to start the, with the plot, the matters of the film, the easy thing that's easiest to define out. They all start with M, all the things in our, uh, in our rubric mm -hmm. in for Mickey, of course, naturally. Uh, and so the matters, the, the plot, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, it's a nice plot. It's, I mean, it's a fairy tale. Obviously, there's some silliness uh, along the way, but it's a good plot. I, I gave it a four out of five just because of, there's some pacing issues, like where uh, something's happened really quickly, and then it's like, let's goof off for a while, and nothing will really happen, and then, oh, shit, here we go again. And like, right. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit harsher here, because uh, I gave it only a two on the plot, uh, where it's like, it's a fairy tale. Fairy tales are Disney's bread and butter, but there's nothing really spectacular about it to me. Like, the plot is a straight fucking line, and pretty much from the time Snow White escapes the castle till the time the queen shows up, nothing really happens. Uh, good work on a character front, uh, <clears throat> creating, like, an, an entertaining situation with a cast of characters and things like that, but plot-wise, nothing really happens, and the resolution is about as much of a deus ex machina as you can get, and I'm not trying to dismiss it, but it's very much of its time. So, yeah, that's, that's two points for me. Out of five. So then the next thing is the meanie, the, the villain of the movie, and I think that she she's great, uh, but uh, she her plan is dumb, uh, <laughs> and she doesn't yeah. get a whole lot of screen time. She's there at the beginning, yeah, she disappears, she you know shows back up at the very end. I uh, would say she makes the most out of the screen time she gets, She though. does, but I can't give her a five because she's not there long enough. So uh, I gave her three and a half here. Are we going to halves? Uh, yeah. I went with four for the, the meanie. Uh, the Wicked Queen, pretty damn terrifying at times, and especially after the transformation. Uh, it's a very clear and direct motivation, even if it's kind of like the way she goes about it or it's kind of silly at times, but eh, Wicked Witch has got a Wicked Witch. Uh, yeah, it's just a few moments of bewildering stupidity towards the end that takes her down a peg. So four instead of five. I did say this queen can learn a thing or two from Maleficent, because... Uh, spoilers for Sleeping Beauty. Maleficent don't fuck around. She turns into a dragon with her magic. She doesn't try to point that she does 
I was gonna say she doesn't try to come up with a convoluted poison strategy, but that's the beginning of the film when she that's, yeah, that's plan A for her, not right. plan B. But plan B is dragon, so right. that's a better escalation to me. She also doesn't waste time with an Apple sales pitch. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> uh, the next, I guess, we'll talk about the mise-en-scene. Mise-en-scene, okay. if you're not familiar, uh, basically refers to everything the audience sees and hears uh, in the in a, in a film, in this case. Um, and so the visuals in this movie are great, especially considering that the first one, they sort of set the standard mm-hmm. and the expectations for the other Disney movies uh, that follow, and for other movies in general uh, yeah. that follow. Uh, I gave it four. Yeah, I went with four for mise-en-scene as well. Just visually impressive and breathtaking for the time. I love the design of the dwarves, uh, as well as, you know, the performance by the dwarf voice actors, like, uh, mostly grumpy, but uh, Doc as well. Like, they all have very distinct characters. Even Sneezy's voice made me laugh a lot, because he's just like, thanks! Like, he's all <laughs> stopped up, and it's uh, it makes for a memorable character. Uh, visuals, like, there's a lot of kind of haunting images throughout this uh from the queen to the spooky rape trees in the forest and it is it i think the strongest moments of this film come when it's trying to scare the audience uh yeah uh music you said earlier that you uh didn't think the the songs themselves are, are that great but you like the score or the, music, or the yes. background music which i didn't really think about as i watched uh, because I don't think, and while that, that's true, it does it does go really well. I don't think that that's something that's memorable necessarily. Like when you think about, if you think about the Jungle Book, right. you think about bare necessities. If you think about, especially during childhood, like that's right. If you think about uh, Aladdin, then you might think of you know, uh, ever had a friend like me, right? Home yeah. world. Or any, really any of the songs. Yeah, Aladdin's got great music. Prince Right, but you don't really do that that much with this. So I, I gave the music three and a half. Whistle while you work is fairly iconic, uh, and then I hope, uh, sure, but that's about it. And the rest of the songs, yeah, I don't even remember how the other Snow White songs went at this point. So someday my friends will come. Yeah, yeah, that's the title. I don't remember how it went though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, music, I went with four because uh, uh, I'd say, I said Hi-Ho earlier is probably most memorable. I think Whistle White York probably was. Like, that's, Hitler was a jerk. That was the magic of the, the movie, really, which we Speaking haven't got to magic. Oh my god, this was the other thing I was going to tell you. Uh, this movie, Hitler's favorite movie. Why does IMDb know that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess maybe he wrote about it in his journal, so I don't know. But like he, he listed, I think, two or three movies that were his favorites, but this one was... Uh, top of the heap. Okay, so I wonder what that means about my message score later. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, um, another thing about the music, uh, I gave it high marks because there was times where I thought uh, certain scenes I thought easily could have made it. Uh, two films from now is Fantasia, and I think there's several scenes that could have held up as like dialogueless uh, stories. The movie is able to tell a story without physically telling it to you. It's showing you a story, and the music goes along perfectly with that. But so four points for me there. Uh, so what do you want to do next? The I guess we'll do message net next. I think the magic because the magic kind of encompasses everything we're talking about. But uh, yeah, the message of the film. Uh, the first thing I wrote was, is there a message? Because yeah. I feel like that's an important part to any story. Is just sort of what you walk away with after having seen it. Uh, and I think the only message here is like someday your prince will come. But it's not like Snow White 
has to persevere or anything like that. She runs. She runs to for her safety. Does that count as persevering? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's nice and does nice things for people, and eventually nice things happen uh, to her. Yeah, I don't think the movie tries to tell us that those are connected, though. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But, so uh, I went with two points for that Yeah, one. I only went with three. Uh, I know that I previously said it's not fair to judge their values by our values, but <laughs> we will be doing far, that. As far as the message here, like, you've got... Women, they care about beauty. That's what's important to women. Yeah. And they think men like it when they clean. And clean yeah, cleanliness is important. True. Like beauty and cleanliness are the things that motivate uh, yeah. the two women in this movie. Like, and, and I suppose love at first sight with the guy you don't know at all. Um, yeah. So not stuff that holds up that well. Right. And then the dwarf, the dwarfs appreciate Snow White because of the great job she did cleaning and the fact that she'll kiss them. Like, and make them food. Yeah, they're real like, motivated no, by food. They're not, you know amused by how witty or intelligent she is uh, yeah i mean it's nobody not, like i said it's not fair to judge them on that but that's so overwhelming uh, right. with this movie uh, i mean other than that i mean obviously it, it's the last it's you know it's endured for this long it's something like yeah and, and endearing <laughs> you're making fun of my but i i i boiled down what we're trying to do it's, it's two and words you gotta hit like and catch phrases so people remember it's true and it's they they pictures they, posters dvds <laughs> and it flows endearing and enduring like there's a poetry to what i did and an alliteration is apparently important to me since i got my five m's which now <laughs> six so, m's yeah. and now my two e's uh, anyway these this movie has has lasted i don't know i don't have kids I assume kids still would enjoy this movie today. I, don't I think any not. kid would be laughing at the dwarves. So. Right, yeah, and the animals, kids love animals, whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe they wouldn't be overly into the music, but other than that, I feel like kids would still dig this. Right. Uh, and so, but anyway, I gave it a three. Um, so then, uh, the Disney magic, how magical is this I film to you? feel like you have to give it a, a five. Um, well, uh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe you didn't, <laughs> but I feel it had to get a five. Uh, obviously, it's the first film. It sets the standard or whatever, <clears throat> but it's so much, and part of this is because it's the first one. But it, when you think about a Disney movie, this is what you think about. And But even with that said, like the things are well done, too. It's not just that it's the first one. Like It really has these magic you know, moments, like this, the stuff you talked about with the with Snow White's deaths or not death but you know when she falls and yeah. the apple falls out of her hand or like the, the strong scene the magic mirror right you know off the bat he was showing you what we can do like mm -hmm. uh and it's a like a magical world they've created as well that you feel like you're a part of watching the film yeah. so so i felt it had to get a five yeah i gave it four i uh, but i did have to read through my paragraph again while you were talking to remember why i didn't give it a five uh the only thing i said it was missing was uh you know, it is a fairy tale. I think the only thing lacking is some sort of strong hero character. Because mm -hmm. the, like, as the absentee prince doesn't qualify. Snow White doesn't really do anything heroic herself. The dwarves kind of try to have a, you know, save her moment at the end. But it's not like we've built up to that very much. I don't know. So that's, that's probably the only place I think it could have been boosted to be, like, sort of the ultimate fairy tale. But instead, it's a four. It's so almost, the... Since there are six categories, each one ranked out of five, the perfect score would be uh, 30, and we're about to total ours up. As we give you a total each time, one thing uh, that you will notice is that we will have picked some sort of uh, some sort of item. Like, instead of saying, like, five stars or whatever, like, it'll be something loosely tied into the movie itself. So You go first, because I don't have one. <laughs> While you think of one. Uh, anyway, and so if we go back over my scores uh, for the... the, the for the matters, we get uh, she got 
<laughs> the movie got four out of five for the meanie, it got three and a half for the mise-en-scene, it got four, the music was three and a half, the message was three, and the magic was five. You add all that up, uh, if I, if you're as good at adding as I am, which is not very, uh, they tell me it's 23, so this movie gets 23 pig heart boxes out of 30, uh, which is obviously top of the leaderboard at this point, but it's the only movie on the leaderboard. Yeah. Uh, my numbers, uh, it was a two for the matters, uh, four for the meanie, four for the music, Four for the mise-en-scene, four for the magic, and two for the message, which adds up to uh, 20 creepy rape trees out of 30, so, which, uh, that, when I got, when I got to totaling that up, that seems about right. At the end of the day, I think it's what you'd uh, expect from a fairy tale story, particularly one that's 100 years old, uh, that doesn't necessarily automatically make it a strong film, so there's still points where I've I've cut it down a bit, Uh, but animation-wise and musically, great character depth and story. Eh, not so much. So, 20 out of 30. For our control group, uh, we are also going to be looking at how they're scored by critics and, and other fans as well. So, we're going to use the Rotten Tomato uh, score for each of these movies uh, along the way. Snow White gets a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is a higher percentage than we gave it, I guess, if you use our rubric. Uh, yeah. I, I think but, most everything we're going to find on Rotten Tomatoes is going to be obscenely high. Because that's also partially how Rotten Tomatoes works, is it's not everyone gave it a 98 out of 100, but 98 out of 100 people said it was good. So we're saying it's good. We would fit in. I mean, obviously it's good. We would definitely recommend it to, not just to kids. I feel like any age could appreciate this movie. Right. Um, Not so interested in watching a live-action version of it, though. So (laughs) get out of here with your Huntsman crap. Well, that's the sequel, right? They already did one Huntsman movie. Yeah, you're aware of that, right? There's a new one coming out. Right, and then there's a there was another Snow White movie too, the one that had like Nathan Lane and and Julia Roberts in it too, that came out about the same time as the Huntsman. Nathan Lane, really? Yeah, he was the Huntsman. No, he's like her, like uh, not assistant, her servant, the the queen's servant. Um, Oh, okay. I don't know. Side note about uh, the dwarfs, uh, you know, how we've gone back and forth saying dwarfs and dwarves throughout. The dwarfs in the Snow White and the Huntsman movies totally are, like, Tolkien, like, bearded dwarves. <laughs> that's how they decided to do that one. So that's all I know about that movie. Whatever. So uh, this was the, the first uh, canon episode, I guess, of our of our podcast. And the next episode, we'll be reviewing uh, Pinocchio. We'll be recording that, you know. I'm up here for the the evening, so I'll probably uh, probably be recording that in the morning, and then uh, we'll edit them out and get these out to you. Hopefully, uh, every two weeks will be our schedule, and uh, hopefully you continue to listen to us. If you hated it, sorry. Uh, maybe try another one. Maybe we'll get better. <laughs> but uh, until then, uh, I'm Jake. And I'm Dustin. And this was Dudes Watch Disney. I hope you watch again with us next time. Dude.